Welcome to the Alien Beer Podcast. My name is Chrissy Garrison. I'm an independent science fiction and fantasy author, and I will be reading my stories to you. Well, we made it. Yep, the terrible year that was 2020 is over now. I started this podcast before COVID-19 was even a worry, back in February. The rest of the year, reading my stories to you became a lifeline that made me feel just a little more connected to the world outside my house. And then, in October, I needed a break from the multiverse blues. I had a few personal disasters, some of which continue to cause me daily difficulty even now. But in November, I wrote a whole novel, one that tells the story of a transgender woman discovering a magical college, as well as her own magic, as she searches for her missing partner. And yes, I wrote that because a certain author of a certain franchise broke my heart, making me feel like I'd never be welcome in a certain magical school I used to love. I wrote a story where everyone who was disenfranchised by that other author can feel welcome. Anyway, the Alien Beer podcast is back for 2021, and I'm kicking off the year with a brand new chapter of the Multiverse Blues. Going forward, I hope to have a new chapter for you every other week until the story is done. After that, who knows? If you have questions or comments about this podcast or the Multiverse Blues, please leave me comments on social media or send me email at ecg at sillyhatbooks.com. Previously on the Multiverse Blues, Jules and company fled the Harmony Theater in Delta Earth's Chicago through a disused arch gate with arch authority guards hot on their heels in an armored vehicle. Jules discovered Delta Jules stowed away and causing mayhem, and both of them fell off of La Esperanza under fire. Jules made a hasty escape through a random rip in reality to an unknown world. And now, the Multiverse Blues, Chapter 17, Stop Breaking Down Blues. As I fell through the rip in space-time, I braced for a rough landing, hoping to roll as I hit the ground on the other side. Except I kept falling. The world spun on an axis somewhere above my head. Water and gray sky traded positions faster than my eyes could follow. A flash of familiar skyline between eye blinks gave me faint reassurance, but I had no time to consider that when the water rose to slam into me, hard and cold. The impact forced air from my lungs, and the ashen light from the sky faded from view as the surface receded out of my clawing reach. As I sank, I lost any sense of which way might be up or down. Then I blacked out, certain that I'd escaped an explosive death at the hands of the arch troopers, only to trade it for drowning alone in another world. I don't recall any dreams, but I did awaken with the impression of having dreamed a long while. The first thing I noticed upon waking was that the hard bed I lay upon moved up and down like Esperanza going over hills on the highway. The rumbling of a motor somewhere in the general direction of my feet seemed to confirm that impression. At the same time, a cold wind blew across my face and chilled my damp hair. I trembled with the cold under a scratchy wool blanket, which I realized was my only covering other than my underwear. I cracked open an eye to see where I was. The horizon over a railing bobbed up and down in time with the feeling of motion I'd observed, and a fine spray covered my face in a new layer of chilled water. I lay on a padded bench of some kind, and someone sat across a narrow walkway from me 
on an identical bench, watching me with dark eyes. The person watching me was a man with facial hair and waist-length hair tied back behind his head. His eyes filled with concern, narrowed as I opened mine more fully. Hey, man, are you going to live after all? The man wore a colorful paisley tunic and black skinny jeans under a bright yellow rain slicker. His face held a deep tan, and other than the beard, he looked exactly like someone I hoped to see. The dribbler, I croaked. Is that you? His brow furrowed. His brow furrowed, and he shook his head. Nah, I don't know any dribbler. But man, I bet your eggs are scrambled after nearly drowning. I'm Jimmy, and this is my boat, the Nickel Ringo. You saved me? Thank you so much. I just have one question. Jimmy scratched his beard and shrugged. Go ahead, shoot. I took a couple of breaths and pulled the scratchy blanket a bit closer around me. Where are my clothes? Jimmy snorted. Couldn't leave you them after fishing you out of Lake Michigan. I didn't think you'd make it even so. Sopping wet clothes out on the lake in November? That's a recipe for hypothermia. After you coughed up a couple of gallons of lake water, I gave you mouth-to-mouth, stripped you down, and wrapped you up in my boat's emergency blanket. Uh, well, thanks again for saving my life, Jimmy. Despite this debt I owed him, I was mortified to know this man had seen me naked. Hey, I got a couple of questions for you, too, said Jimmy, taking his eyes from me to peer out over the lake towards the Chicago skyline. Uh, shoot, I said. Well, guess I should ask your name first. I'm Jules, and before you ask, I'm not a boy or a girl, but kind of both. You can use whatever pronouns you're comfortable with for me, though. Jimmy held up both his hands, palms toward me, and shook his head. Hey, man, that's cool. I got no problem with that. You do you, Jules. It's groovy with me. Pleased to meet you. Next question. How the hell did you fall out of the sky like that? I didn't see a plane or a helicopter or even a parachute. I sighed. I don't think you'd believe me if I told you. Try me. I've seen a lot of crazy shit in my life. I smiled. I'm sure you have. Okay, I jumped through a hole between worlds. Jimmy laughed. Why'd you do a crazy thing like that? I was being shot at, I said. It seemed like the best thing to do at the time. His dark eyes twinkled against the silvery overcast sky. You do this a lot, jumping from one world to another? I grinned. More than I would have thought up until a few days ago. Usually there's an arch involved. Not this time, though? I shook my head. Okay, I'll bite. What do you mean by an arch? I considered before answering. If he had to ask, this world didn't have an arch network. If that were the case, I might very well be marooned here for the rest of my life, unless this reality developed interdimensional travel on their own. Perhaps they already had? Since Jimmy seemed to be an analog of my friend Dribbler, whose first name I knew to be James, I decided to trust him more than another stranger, even one who'd saved my life. I sat up, holding the blanket to me, still shivering. Jimmy, where I come from... There are interdimensional portals between parallel universes. There's a corporation that's been building these arches that you can drive through to go from one version of reality to another. I've met another version of you. He goes by Dribbler because he's a drummer in a band. He's one of my best friends. Jimmy's eyes opened wider and his mouth hung open for a long moment. Then he said, Another me? How's that possible?
I shrugged. There are probably an infinite number of yous out there. I've already met another me, and know at least two more me's as well. I don't know how it's possible, any more than I understand quantum physics. So I'm guessing you don't have anything like that on this earth? He shook his head. Nah, that's science fiction here. If anyone here can do it, it's being kept a big secret. So, how do we get you home? I shook my head and scanned the sky. I didn't see any rips in reality hovering up there. Even if the hole I fell through is still there, I don't know how we'd get me up to it. And if you don't have any way to tunnel through to other worlds, I guess I'm stuck here. Jimmy nodded and watched my face a long while before saying, I got something to show you, Jules. Something I haven't showed to anyone else yet, because it's too crazy. But first, let's get you some clothes. Yes, please. He stood up and opened the bench, which turned out to, to double as storage, and rummaged around and came up with a yellow sundress, patterned with tiny boats, anchors, and life preservers. He handed this to me and turned to face outward to look at the skyline once more. Sorry it's out of season, but it's what I've got. You'll want to keep the blanket... Got some flip-flops, too. It's pretty, I said, struggling into it while trying to keep the blanket up between Jimmy and myself. Is it your girlfriend's? Nah, it's mine. I thought about the tunic he wore under the rain slicker. So, in this world, clothing isn't gendered? He shrugged. My old man wouldn't be caught dead in a dress, but if my generation's a little more open-minded. I get called Mary Ann by some of the guys at my favorite bar, but I find that dresses can be a great conversation starter. I get more dates than you'd think. Girls and boys, I asked, wincing at the way it sounded after I said it. He turned around and smiled and nodded. Sure, and in between, too, like you. Just how close are you and this dribbler? I hated that I could feel color flood in my cheeks. I think you've already guessed. We had a flirtation ship going on. I'd hope to see where else it might lead. His loss, my gain, said Jimmy, winking at me. I didn't know how to respond to that, so I just said, maybe. I'd rather not give up on seeing him again just yet, though I don't see much hope. He nodded. Just teasing, Jules. You seem sweet. Now I'm going to show you something else I fished out of these waters, and I don't want you to freak out, okay? Sure, I said. I'm curious to see what you think is going to surprise someone who just fell out of the sky. Well, you aren't the first to fall out of the sky. I'd hoped you could shed some light on this since I've been trawling around out here looking for answers for weeks now. Hang on just a moment. He disappeared into the small cabin on the boat and returned with a bundle shaped like a baby swaddled in a blanket. The bundle wriggled in his arms like a baby, but the sound it made wasn't human. It was a trilling, squeaking, clicking sort of sound. A gray muzzle full of tiny sharp teeth, as well as a pair of wide eyes, poked out of the bundle. The little creature peered at me and let out what sounded to me like a happy squeal. A baby Tristillion! I cried, my heart beating faster within my chest. Jimmy handed the bundle to me and said, So you do recognize the little critter? This isn't a critter, it's a person, I said, smiling at the alien infant. I know a grown-up person that looks just like this darling little baby. She's a Tristellian from a faraway reality. She's also a rock star, and I'm more than half in love with her. Everybody who meets her is. Her name is Hope. Jimmy stared at me. You're just full of surprises, aren't you? I've been calling this one Lucy. 
because she's a little angel who fell from the sky, just like you. I've been looking for others like her out on the water. Guess I didn't do that, but it can't be a coincidence that you're here now. Maybe we can figure a way to get you both back home, wherever that may be. Thank you for listening to the Alien Beer Podcast. If you like my stories, please visit my website, sillyhatbooks.com. I publish as E. Chris Garrison, and my books may be found in paperback, ebook, and audiobook format on Amazon.com and other places. The theme music for Alien Beer Podcast is Phantom from Space by Kevin McLeod. I very much enjoy feedback on this podcast and on my stories, so please leave comments on my website, visit me at at EC Garrison on Twitter, ECrisGarrison on Facebook, or drop me an email at ecg at sillyhatbooks.com. The Necrocastican, where we blend horror and metal for your pleasure, and ours, with special guests from horror and metal, with host Smoke and Walt Ball, ah! Thomas R. Clark, Mr. Scott Reacts, Sergeant Fury Dan Roberts, and Uncle Skip Novak. Train, train. And where can you find the Necrocastican, Sergeant Fury? Wherever you get your fine-ass podcasts. Mondays on Project Entertainment Network. This has been a presentation of the Project Entertainment Network.